Hello, this is episode 300 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha already. How did I ever get to 300 episodes of something I said that people wouldn't listen to? I'm also, I'm always quite entertained if people listen to the musings in my head. So episode 299 is going to be an introduction into extended podcasts on my Patreon. But this episode is on why we are bullied. I've had a big question all of my life, you know, why was I bullied so much? And and I still am in certain circumstances. And I work with so many people who are bullied. And there's a part of you that wonders, do you have like a, a capital B for victim tattooed on your forehead? Or what is it? And I've spent a long time studying this. What puts a target on you? And it really is the demise of humanity. Like, I think bullying is really the root of the most pain that we go through. And most of my work is really about trying to create a world where we don't need to bully each other. And there's a few crucial things I've learned. I think I've really come to terms while reading black writers that I really resonate with. And in now understanding energy and the way that we move through the world, I realize that I have a very open heart space. And it's something that's been said a lot to me in my life, that I wear my heart on my sleeve. It's a real Irish expression. And I never really understood what that meant. I think in a way it's taken that you're open or that you show your emotions and, and actually, I don't. Like, I'm a very quiet person. I was really struck by this, again, in a, in a car park the other day in a supermarket where I was walking along and, you know, everyone's in masks at the moment and you feel quite inaccessible to people in a way. I always joke that having earphones in doesn't stop people from talking to me or asking me for directions or wanting to talk to me on the train, you know, I just take them out. Well, people engage, there's no barriers. And this woman had lost her phone in her car and she wanted me to ring her phone so that she could find it. And so for a person who's quite quiet and not particularly expressive or dramatic, I paid attention. What channels people to me? What brings every dog to talk to me on the beach? And it's an energy. It's an energy of moving through the world in an openness. I think I finally understand what that means to wear your heart on your sleeve. And unfortunately, I realized that that does put a target. And it wasn't on my forehead, it was on my heart. And that's probably why it hurt me so much. It's why it continues to hurt me so much. But the other aspects of this that I see, the other commonalities I see with people that I work with, is that you have something that others don't. And this is a real irony. And for me, that was a family and and a closeness to my parents. And what's considered, I suppose, outside to look like a good home. And so many of the people that were drawn to me over the years were people who didn't have that. And then what happens is that people end up jealous and they end up trying to dismantle the very thing that drew them to you. And so that's a form of bullying. And I see that as a common theme in a lot of the people I work with. I see that they have a real value for family. And it's almost that that value is bringing them 
the targets of people who don't have that. It's this sense of destroying something that you don't have. There's a level of begrudgery to it. And it's ironic because my parents didn't have that. And I see the same pattern from my mother. I see that she didn't have the luxury of knowing her own mother. And that a lot of people over the years have been drawn to her who either have very difficult relationships with their mothers or have lost them in some way. But yet again, they're, they're not as secure in it. And there ends up being quite a dysfunction often in the friendships. They haven't bleached this place of reconciliation with it that I'm going to talk about in a minute. I think I get most disturbed when the bullying comes from parents towards their own children. And again, I work with this too much. I work with people who are bullied for their image, for for their self-image. And I find that shattering. And it always exists in situations where there's a marriage separation. And there's a sense of the children being the pawns them being the people to hurt because you can no longer hurt each other. So again, you haven't done anything to construct that situation and to, to be the victim in that bullying. There's a sense of often people being better at something, better at something that's out of the box and that draws people to you or just being different, not being sporty in Ireland, of people are extrovert and play extrovert sports and our focus is on team sports rather than on some of the more individualistic sports that a lot of introvert people excel at. And so if you're not good at GAA football or hurling, it doesn't exist. So we don't have room for difference in school and in our society. Another really obvious one, another box I obviously ticked in school is being gay. And this one is fascinating for me because it really shows that most bullying is about not following some unwritten rules that you don't understand. And as puberty starts to unfold, and unfortunately puberty is starting to unfold at younger years and people are becoming sexualized younger And so a lot of bullying is now taking place in primary schools around this. And you simply don't know what you're supposed to follow as a gay person. You don't follow the parameters and the norms and the expected interactions that are supposed to take place. And so you end up with a target on you. And I didn't understand a lot of those dynamics going on in school. I just knew I didn't want to be part of this and that and stepped out of it. I I didn't really microanalyze it at the time. I wasn't ready to. I wasn't ready to understand why I didn't want to just fit all the expected games that were taking place. When I read Gwendolyn Brooks and I listen to her talk about being bullied for being the wrong shade of blackness, I'm horrified. I never understood that there's an entire scale of measuring skin tone and deciding whether someone fits into that right. And at the moment, I've been reading a series of teen books, and one of the common commonalities they have is that a lot of them are written by mixed-race writers. And so it's a part that's starting to come up more and more 
And one of the books I've just finished, I'll put in the description. And if I said that the the Queen, the Queen, the Whisperer was my favorite book in relating to women, I think Date Me, Bryson Keeler is probably one of the favorite books I've ever read in relationships between boys. I really love this book. And again, there's this part that comes up very well in talking about the challenges of being mixed race and what people expect you to be and you're not you're not being black enough. When I was in the queue for the Harry Potter experience in the UK, I was fascinated by how many children were there in glasses. And I'm fascinated by the fact that someone can be bullied for wearing glasses. But that's incredibly common. And I think if, if Harry Potter's done anything in the world, it's to make wearing glasses cool. But what do these all have in common? What they all have in common is that you have something that others don't. And that you don't fit someone written parameters. And we never stop to consider as the bullied person until we have a lot of reflection then actually there's something, you know, there's something really good about you. There's something positive that you have that draws people towards you to try to dismantle that. You don't have the, the space to have the compassion for people to understand that it's their lack of secureness. It's their need within themselves. It's their need to fit in. Their need to be in the parameters their inability to be different, their inability to walk through the world with their heart in their sleep, that it's a reflection of them that you are experiencing. And that's why you become a victim and why bullying continues, why it continues to be constructive to bully people. Because the bullied person doesn't get to sit there and go, do you know, I'm being bullied because I have something. And, and, and I'm different and I stand out and that's actually really good. I have a quality that others don't have. And in a way, I've always loved this quote by Dumbledore, but I'm starting to see limitations in it, which I think are really important here. And it's a quote from the Goblet of Fire and Dumbledore is explaining that Harry should stay and listen to someone who's betrayed him. He's telling Professor McGonagall that no, he can't be just taken away to the hospital wing to recover. That he needs to hear the betrayal and, and he needs, so it's understanding is the first step to acceptance and only with acceptance can there be recovery. And I do really like this in the context of bullying because it's only when you understand what you have and why you have a target that you can find acceptance. But one of my criticisms with this is that to make peace with something is to be reconciled and to find that peace within yourself. And I always say, like, we only have so much energy as people. If you're going to spend the time investing that energy in fighting demons internally, you're not going to manage to do much. There's, an, there's enough outside of you to fight. And so it's really important to be at peace. But to accept something is to become resigned. And especially in certain contexts around your sexuality, around your race, around my literacy issues, whatever those are, 
there's no sense of me accepting that it's okay that the world isn't secure and that it thinks it's okay to be horrible to me. So in a way, I would prefer if that understanding wasn't the first step to acceptance, but it was the first step to peace. And that ability to, to step outside yourself and to have objectivity, it's that lack of objectivity is why we are bullied. It's why it's profitable to bully people. It's why it continues. It's why when I've left school so many years later that I work with exactly the same stories as I suffered. <laughs>